Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Osiris. Alright, how's everybody doing? Happy Tuesday, happy almost December. My name is Brian Brinkman. I am a producer here at Osiris Media. I am joined by a good friend, my employer, my fish fan confidant, my podcasting buddy. I don't know, what else can I tell you? RJ, how are you, man? Hey, Brian. (laughs) How's it going? We're back. It's almost December. It's almost arguably the beginning of the best month of fish. But we're, I guess you we're we'll jumping ahead that. in conversations, but that is something I think about on every dis, on every November 30th as well. And I appreciate you stating it. It's a really good conversation to have, which, which we will have this week. But yeah, I, I have to do like 
this obligatory December 95, December 97 re-listen every year that yeah. drives my family up a wall and kind of drives me crazy as well because like so much to keep track of, but it's so much good music at the same time. And we're yeah. almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're but it's awesome there. to be back. It's almost, it's like been a long time since you and I have talked. I mean, I guess it was the day after Halloween, but it feels like much longer. Yeah, I think we talked. It's it's weird. So fall tour ended just about a month ago, and we have been hanging around waiting to talk about fish more uh, in the time being. Nothing else has been going on in our lives, which has been good. Um, but we are here back to, we're going to bring you all eight episodes of HF Pod on tour between now and just before Christmas. So Tuesdays and Thursdays over the next couple of weeks. And we're really just going to try to explore everything from fish 2021, what this year has meant to us, but also really start to dive back in time. What does December mean to fish? What do the various dates of a new year's Eve run mean to the band? What does MSG mean to the band? And we've got some great interviews. We've got some great content, some great hosts, some great guests, all that sort of stuff lined up. So it should be a ton of fun for us to uh, talk about our favorite band and uh, just kind of hang out here midday uh, every Tuesday, Thursday for the next couple of weeks, huh? Yeah, and we also, well, we're going to tell you about our amazing new co-host who we're bringing on, um, which again, I'm getting ahead of everything because that's apparently what I'm doing today. So we have a lot of exciting stuff. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of a month. Um, I don't know, every month seems like so much longer in, in this crazy world we live in, but I'm, I'm excited to be back. I'm ready. It's long and short and it's uh it's all it's all crazy but it's all good. Um so before we jump into the meat of today's episode before we bring our other co-hosts on our wonderful co-hosts that we are very excited to be talking fish with we do need to take care of a little bit of business and that business is to tell you about our wonderful partners uh, our presenting sponsors here for um HF Pod on tour. We are presented by as you all well know out there Shift Genuine Cannabis. And it's exciting news, RJ. HF Pod on Tour is back. And do you know what goes great with tour? I think you know it goes great with tour. Do you know? Uh, is it cannabis? It's cannabis. Yes. So HF Pod on Tour has been and continues to be proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, which is based and sold here in the state of Colorado, where I am. It's a great state. Back in July, the Osiris team had a chance to visit the Shift Ranch outside of Telluride. And we toured their grow operation. It was an amazing experience in so many ways. Our biggest takeaway, though, was the care and attention to detail that Shift puts into growing their flower. The facility was beautifully high-tech with every detail in place. It was an amazing journey. We got to meet their on-site scientist. You met their on-site scientist. Excellent, excellent guy. To hear all about how tissue culture and advanced propagation techniques play a huge role in plant health and quality. And we saw firsthand the billions of data points on growing and environmental conditions they collect and analyze to make sure that the bud that you get is consistent, pure, and of the highest quality. Shift Genuine Cannabis, they sell, they sell flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. We would encourage all of you out there in fish, HF pod, Osiris land to visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Yeah. And I also, I just want to add, uh, we are also presented by section 119. You can, 
if you look at Brian's hoodie that he's wearing right now, that's from Section 119. I have one as well. I was actually wearing it earlier today. And uh, it's amazing, comfortable threads. Uh, right before we started, we were talking about all of the cool stuff that they have that um, some of us are are going to be getting for Christmas as gifts. So that's pretty fun. Um, Section 119 was started, of course, by a couple fans who wanted more than a T-shirt to show their appreciation for our favorite bands. I also I have a really cool Lightning Bolt shirt that I got from Section 119. I love their stuff. And right now they're running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays, which is pretty good. And Jonathan, you're waiting backstage. You might want to pass that info along to your wife. So visit section119.com um, and use use the um, HFPod logo. Or sorry, promo code. That's not a logo, is it, Brian? Um, section119.com. Let them know that your friends at HFPod sent you. Um, post your purchase on the order confirmation page. How does that work, Brian? Do we know? Uh, it, I don't know, actually, we're going to okay. find out and we're going we're to, we're going to tell, tell your listeners, but what we will just encourage you to visit section 119.com and use the promo code HF pod and get this. This is my favorite hoodie right now. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's really amazing. Um, I think, I think what we also, what section 119 wants you to do, if you purchase something, which you should, they have a survey at the end of the purchase. So take that survey and say that HF pod sent you, please. That would help us out a lot. All right. So those are our presenting sponsors. You can see their logos in the corner of our screens and, and you will continue to do so. But thank you guys at Section 119 and Shift for supporting everything we do. Absolutely. We love you out there. And uh, let's go ahead here and let's bring on our co-hosts, Jonathan and Megan. 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 Welcome. welcome. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you. And Jonathan, we are equally, equally excited to have you. The enthusiasm wait, is shared as well. Wait, wait a second. I'm not the, I'm not the new host. I shaved my head. I'm like a whole new man. No, I'm kidding. It's good to be here and uh, it's good to have Megan with us. This is going to be fun. This is going to be great. We're really excited. And um, how's everybody doing? How are you all doing coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday as we are now just under a month away from uh, Fish MSG? Treading water, man. Just just barely getting by between fish shows. That's that's what it is. It's one fish show to another. It's an island to another. It's a big swim. How about you, Meg? I feel like I actually have a moment to breathe. I feel like there was so much fish content coming at me this summer and fall that I was like struggling to keep up and like trying to decide which was my new favorite. So I feel like I'm actually like able to breathe now, listen back to some stuff and really think about, reflect on the music that I heard this year. And just hoping that we can make it through to January 2nd and still have concerts. So <laughs> that's my hope. The the eternal optimism and the hope of of the Fish Hat concerts happening. I'm right there with you. And uh, I definitely share in it. I'm, I'm curious to hear everybody's thoughts. Because as RJ and I were saying during the intro, um, you know, we haven't talked really on camera about Fish 2021 or really off camera about it. It's been kind of... It happened over like a three-month period in time. It felt like everything. The tab tour didn't feel like any sort of a break for any of us. It was just more music to consume, all good problems to have. And here we are now a couple of weeks later. Like you, Megan, I finally had a chance to like start going through this unending 
best jams of 2021 playlist I had and be like, oh, wow, I had completely forgotten about that moment. I forgot about this set. So I'm really excited to talk with you guys all through uh, Fish 2021 here today. Can I ask you guys a question? Because I actually, I feel like after Fall Tour, like you were saying, Megan, I kind of had to like take a break for a while, just for like, I guess two weeks or something, you know, I listened to listen to so much every day for for months on end. Did you guys take a break or did you just like keep powering through and 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 like keep on listening? Absolutely. I took a break. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I had records that I hadn't listened to yet. I had records that I wanted to get back to and um, and a whole other podcast with about a whole other band or bands to work on. And it was nice to have a little bit of uh, wiggle room to put on stuff to support those things or just to support my habit of listening to too much music all the time. Yeah, I feel like I had a day job that I really had to like focus on. I was like, wow, I'm teaching third grade. I really should spend some time thinking a little bit more about this. And also talking to my family, like usually I'm walking around with my AirPods and just listening to last night's show all day and everyone's starting conversations with me and I'm not answering them. And they're like, hey, (laughs) trying to talk to you. So I think I was a little bit more present, but uh, that's gone now that I'm preparing for these shows and talking, <laughs> thinking about this year of fish and December's and all kinds of fun stuff. So I'm back uh, ignoring my family. Megan, <laughs> I just want to say real quick, um, I have a third grade daughter and I can't believe that you teach third graders. Um, that's like, and, and I guess I can believe that you do that, but that you also do anything else is amazing because <laughs> it must be so exhausting and, and probably rewarding also. But man, if I had, if I spent my day with a group of third graders, I'm not sure I would be able to do anything else. <laughs> oh, they're awesome. They're so much fun. Okay. It's a great right. age. I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'll hang out with your daughter any day, RJ. Okay. I'm sending her <laughs> over right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian, did you, did you take a break? I did. Yeah. I, um, I realized I, I was, I was talking with a couple friends about this, like, you know, I, I tend to do two things throughout the year where I listen to a lot of fish that's happening, but I also am tracking a lot of other music and trying to compile mm-hmm. what are my favorite albums of this year. And this was like the first year in, I don't even know how long where it felt like there was just a three month gap where if I was going to throw music on, it was going to be a recent fish show. And, you know, I blame the San Francisco Carini or the shoreline soul planet or, you know, the Hershey uh, Ruby waves, like all these great jams. I just keep returning to as reasons why I felt like I fell out of what are my favorite albums of the year. So starting right after Halloween, I started going back through kind of a list of a hundred albums that I really like and made it through there and kind of figured out where I was at with this year. So that was really nice. And then obviously Goosefall tour happened and that was another diversion for me. So um, I took a bit of a break from fish came back about a week or so ago to prepare and just found myself loving some of these sets and some of these shows and, and jams all over again, which um, should we jump into it? The meat, the meat of the show today. I think we should, but I just want to say quickly that the one of the reasons that we wanted Megan to be a part of this is that Megan, you were on HF Pod and a couple of our quick hits, and um, we really appreciate your perspective, and um, we think you're going to add a lot to the discussion. So, I, do you want to say anything about yourself before we dive in? Just like how maybe I mean, Jonathan, Brian, and I have have talked to our 
listeners and viewers about fish for you know hundreds of hours so we can't make that up that quickly but <laughs> w- when was your first show and and how long have you been a fan yeah so my first show is in november of 94 in michigan in grand rapids michigan and i started listening to rift before that that's what kind of got me into fish and i was a big deadhead but um once I found Fish, I felt like it was really my music, my era, and was super into them in um, the mid to late 90s. And then I took kind of a pause. I mean, they were on hiatus and broken up for a little bit of it, but got really back into it um, at the Baker's Dozen. It just totally reinvigorated my obsession. And it's just been really exciting to kind of listen to them in a way that I hadn't when I was younger, um, in a real kind of intentional way. And so it's been really fun kind of relearning all the stuff that I loved when I was younger. Sweet. Love that. Welcome. She's been seeing fish longer than you are, Jay. I know. So I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm just going to mute myself. <laughs> just another, <laughs> another conversation where I'm just the eternal noob. It's uh it works though. Um, <laughs> So as I mentioned during the intro, uh, we are, we're going to be here every Tuesday and Thursday for the next couple of weeks, diving through fish history, uh, as well as kind of focusing on the micro aspects of a new year's run. But we figured since we haven't talked about fish 2021 enough, this would be a good way to kind of segue us into this larger series here. We've all taken breaks. We've all returned to the band now here after a couple of weeks. Um, We wanted to talk about Fish 2021, what this overall year has meant to us, and kind of where we see the band at this point in time. And kind of with the benefit of a little bit of time since this incredible fall tour happened, since summer tour happened, since the Halloween set happened, what do these all sound like with a bit of distance? So I think I want to start with just a general question. Um, Megan, as our new host, I want to throw this to you. Where are we at with Fish and Fish 2021? Where where do you hear the band? How do you, how are you interpreting the band now versus perhaps past eras or just kind of where are they at in your head? Yeah, I was thinking about this and this metaphor kind of came to me. It's a little long-winded, so indulge me, but I'll make it quick. Um, we don't do long-winded on this show, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, well then I'm definitely in the wrong in the wrong seat for sure. Uh, Before I was a teacher, I was actually an actor. And acting is a really interesting art because you prepare really intently to come into scene with like a strong perspective and an understanding of what your character wants and what you want from that scene. But then you have to remain like super present and receive what your scene partner is giving you and react to that really truthfully. And I feel like that is a mirror for how Fish is playing right now. You know, they've been coming in with like these really strong musical opinions and perspectives, but remaining totally open and listening super intently to their bandmates and reacting musically in a way that's truly inspiring. I think that it's to play that presently is so hard and it's so rare because so few bands have actually been together for this long. And I think just like in acting actors love to act with the same actors over and over again, because there's this level of trust and allows you to take these risks and be vulnerable. And I see fish doing that this year in a way that is just so incredible. I think that the work they did writing sci-fi, the sci-fi soldier album really enabled them to develop really new sounds, new effects. You know, they came in with all this new gear and, a lot of new songs. And so I think they came in 
really with a lot of strong opinions musically. But then listening back to their jams and the songs from this year, it's just so incredible how how they're listening to each other and how kind of agile they are. And I think this has been a rebirth. And for me, I feel like this is one of the best years of Fish in a really long time. That's really good. I like that. And I love the the word uh, vulnerable is something I've thought a lot about mm-hmm. Fish in the last couple of years. Um, I felt it immensely throughout 2019, even though there were aspects of their jamming or their shows that didn't fully work like just to my ears. I thought that the debut of Ghost of the Forest was like unquestionably the most vulnerable we'd ever heard Trey. And it, as I was listening, I was kind of like, okay, this feels like a new direction for the band. And I almost wonder if, you know, reckoning with the death of a very close friend, this unexpected pandemic and unexpected break that none of them were planning for, all of this kind of informs where they're at right now. And they're kind of just throwing themselves out there without any, without a net in any way, excuse me for mixing metaphors of bands, but like, you know, they're, they're just like, they're throwing themselves completely out there and it just happens to be working musically on an idea, conceptual basis. Um, Jonathan, what are, what are your thoughts in terms of where fish is at? Well, I, I can't take away from anything you guys have said. I think you're, that's, very on point. I, I think it's funny how it took this uh, like unplanned time off most of 2020 to get the band to really come together and play uh, with this urgency and energy, the likes of which we've only seen in flashes for 20 years, something like that. Um, you know, I, I think these other things that you bring up, the vulnerability, uh, the intent listening, I mean, they've, vulnerability i think it's fairly new like trey you know he did with joy you know played that song brought that out to us he was definitely exposing a nerve and um and i don't think it was as well received as it should be at the time uh but it was it was so gutsy to do it but he's increased the pace of that kind of writing and that kind of work uh peeking out with you know goes to the forest and and the band, I think, is with him now. You know, the, the, you hear it like leaves. You know, there is content in the material, content in the playing that is really uh, like emotionally true. And it's less obscured by some of the um, flashes of what have you. I don't even know. I don't have the right words for it. That then some of the like the riff songs actually are very emotional at their core, but there's a lot of stuff on top and around to distract from that. And, um, but now they're, they're, they're not wasting energy distracting. They're just going right for it. And, uh, and the same thing goes for jamming, you know, they're not wasting energy. Like, well, it's this song, this song. It's just like, they start playing and like a good, uh, you know, improv performance troupe, they just yes. And each other all the way through for, 30 minutes at a go as long as it feels good they keep going and um it's refreshing and amazing to hear a band at this point in the career uh, that just has that kind of new energy yeah i I was thinking brian sorry i just want to just 
the reflecting on the get back documentary which jonathan matt brian and i spoke about at length yesterday and we're you can find you can find us wherever you get your podcasts um they were you know we we talked about how watching this watching the beatles evolve from like four individual people in that those sessions back into like a group by the end it seems like at this point uh fish like entered this tour and probably the practice you know that you were referring to megan already there you know like actually kind of like you were saying john you were saying john you were saying about the ghost of the forest being uh they were they might have been slightly more disconnected then i mean they 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 almost certainly were right and over the past year or so it's interesting how the pandemic seems to have brought them closer together musically i just keep going back to some of these jams where they're they're changing so quickly and evolving together so quickly and you can't even really tell or i can at least tell like who's leading them where and who's hanging back on what because they're just like moving through these things as a unit so smoothly and you know that to me that's this is the best they've been this is the best they've played since 97 in in my opinion in terms of where the improv goes how original it is and how well they're like you guys said how well they're communicating and how well they're listening to each other it's just uh it's pretty stunning i think like we said at the beginning, you like you listen to these the day after, and then it takes a while to absorb. And now going back to some of these, they're kind of mind blowing. Some of these shows, like even more than they were the, the next day. Which, I mean, how many days did we wake up, wake up and see like, oh wow, they had like four twenty minute jams last night. That's interesting. And then it just kept happening, and you're like, cool, I guess that's what Fish does now. But now you've had a little space. It's kind of even more impressive. Really is. It's kind of striking. I went back through set lists to prepare um as much as i do for these kinds of things and uh and i was like really they did that oh my gosh they did that oh i remember this one i remember that one and like it was just i I said it a bunch i think over the regular podcast is the um you know embarrassment of riches like they just kept giving all year so far it's been crazy so um I, i figure they'll just toss off a few shows for in madison square garden it'll be just you know no big deal. Nothing fancy, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 we will we will deserve nothing, nothing less. Yeah, I have two just quick thoughts because I uh, this is great, great podcasting because we're all in I think agreement about how great the band is. Nobody's sitting here throwing out the uh, the the negative thought that we have to to, to debate, but that is what Fish was like in twenty twenty one. I guess first thing, just very simply, you talk about the embarrassment of riches, Jonathan. I was just listening through some of the Vegas highlights and, you know, I, I remember in my head, oh, they opened with a 16 minute 2001 and went into a 16 minute 1999 and then they jammed Axla 2 for 20 minutes. But I'm as I'm going through this playlist that literally is just, I like this performance in the moment. I'm adding it here so I can listen to it weeks or months from now. I come across the set closing uh, I always wanted it this way from 1029. It's stunning. And like, right. Right. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. I haven't thought about it. And it's you, like, you, did, you weren't sitting next to me at that set break. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. Um, I've only seen one show with you. It was a very good one. Uh, eight fifteen fifteen. So, so maybe, maybe that's a, a good sign, but no, I was listening to it and I'm just like, my God, this is like, this is proof of the embarrassment of riches. And the other thing I think about, I was thinking about this um, on Halloween, the chorus and the lyrics to lonely trip seem to summarize for me where the band is at right now, 
and this idea that, you know, you're floating on an ocean isolated from the rest of the world. And even in a a non-pandemic time, it's so hard to communicate and connect with other people sometimes. And the fact that these four guys have figured out a way to turn, to take their brains that are all very beautiful, but very strange brains into like secret languages and communication with each other on a musical standpoint, and then bring thousands and thousands of us along is such a beautiful thing though. And, you know, we talked about this in the final episode of, um, undermine season two the band was there for us during the last two years in a way that i don't think any of us would have expected and those two kind of converging things this music that is played so intentionally and aggressively that you get performances like i always wanted it this way that nobody's talking about but is an amazing surprise gem to re-listen to and this idea of what Trey was writing about in just March of 2020, you know, just to me makes this year so special. So we're going to get into not necessarily awards here uh, as we, as we continue to talk about 2021, but I want to hear from all of you. What are the moments that really stuck out for you? Um, RJ, I'm going to start with you. What was your, we're going to talk about summer and then we're going to talk about fall. What was your favorite show of summer 2021 and why? This is your summer book report. Um, Deer Creek Night One. Thank you for listening. Um, I mean, <laughs> there's the the <laughs> dexterity with which they move through those two totally different pieces of improv in the second set is like sort of a summary of the whole tour for me. I just couldn't. Still today, listening back to it, I just couldn't believe it. It was just stunning um and that that's in a you know aside from all the awesome shows i saw in person i I think that's that sticks out for me personally um megan what about you well it's funny because the show that i wasn't at that i was going to pick was definitely deer creek night one and that show is just so deer creek is such a magical place i saw the dead there in the mid 90s that was my second fish show and i knew that show was going to be amazing and i just think the opening to that show is so strong that Karini Wolfman Sand is just pure fire and the three riff songs in a row and obviously the second set monster. But um, I'll talk about the show that I was at that was my favorite since you talked about Deer Creek, um, which was Hershey Night 2, which was kind of surprising because it's just not, it wasn't, you know, it's not one of the monster shows, I think, of the tour, but it was such a fun show. And I think like coming out and opening up with, you sexy thing, which is like when it's summer and it's hot and rainy and you hear that, she's like, yeah, I'm into this. Like I want to dance to this song right now with all these people. I think that was just such a fun vibe and they seem to be having so much fun throughout the whole show. I loved also hearing them play like really old classics, like free and bug, but with a really strong intentionality I think that if you, they're not throwing anything away anymore, you know, those songs they could play in their sleep. I mean, I've been hearing them play those songs for 25 years and they sound brand new when they play them still, which is just so incredible. And I think speaks to how, how they're playing right now. And also that Haley's into lonely trip is one of my favorite moments of the whole tour. I just think it's absolutely beautiful. And that Haley's jam is just, it's great. It's a pretty, amazing pretty show. Picks. 
Ruby Waves is uh, I keep going back to that. Jonathan, what uh, what about you? Yeah, second set. Well, I mean, I don't want to say everybody else is wrong, but um, <laughs> I mean, actually, I do want to say everybody else is wrong, but I can't. I can't say that. But I did pick something different. I picked uh, Shoreline Night One, eight thirty one show. Um, this show has has it all. Everything except for like a buried alive opener, frankly. Um, you know, it opens with Glide though. Uh, it's got a stash that is beautifully executed. And set one ends with Moon Age Daydream, um, the rock of I Never Needed You Like This Before, right before the stash. So good. Everything like set one is outstanding to me. But then it opens with this the set second set with Soul Planet. And it's a 40 some minute Soul Planet. And, um, I just re-listened to this today to make sure I really meant it when I sat here to tell you how much I like this show. And it's <laughs> it's outstanding. Like that jam goes places that I, what? I mean, it boggles the mind. It uh, defies the words. Uh, it certainly defies most of my adjectives. Um, and and then lands into the final hurrah. And what a just a great second set glides right through you know theme axilla part two tila harry hood to close come on fee wilson encore this is this is great stuff and um god damn it why wasn't i in shoreline that weekend <laughs> it was actually tuesday that's exactly why it was not a weekend but you know what i mean uh that's my that's my pick and I bet you can it's guess what show. my jam of summer is too. <laughs> well, we're not there yet, but it's a good, good, good ahead. show. <laughs> it's a good, good show. And uh, yeah, I was supposed to be there. And I remember sitting on the couch uh, just being like, it's a good 20 minute soul planet. It's a good 30 minutes. Wow. It's a 40 minutes. Like what, if, why am I here right now? Um, <laughs> all great picks. Happens. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like, and this is a sign of a really good tour. I could have picked any of your shows and felt like, you know, that was the show. Like that Deer Creek show that Friday night, I have very, very vivid memories of being at home and the opening trio just being like, what is happening right now? And saying that over and over again. The Hershey show that Tuesday, one of my favorites, the Shoreline. Um, I'm going to go with what at the time was... I was like, I probably won't see a better fish show than this for, I don't know, five years. And then fall tour happened. And that was, uh, that was Dick's night three, uh, September 5th, 2021. Um, those who know me know that we, we have a very specific spot in Dick's sporting goods park that we hold down every single night of, uh, the run and is my favorite place to see fish in the entire world. As much as I love MSG, and we had a very good crew there. RJ was there. Brad was there. Tom even joined us for a little bit. It was a ton of fun. We had a lot of good people around us. And they just played a, a show that, like, if I had written this down on paper, I would have been like, okay, cool. And it just is one of those nights where, like, it didn't matter what song they played. The way that they played those songs just, like, spoke to me. The Sigma Oasis into all these dreams. And then you follow that up with just a gorgeous end of summer late first set reba with a gin to close it out uh the second set i got my first catapult since my second show it's a song that like i keep feeling like i hear in so many weird jams as like i i, I hear it over the years finally they played it in the midst of just a mind-blowing uh simple 
the Ruby waves again, you know, another great, uh, a great version of that from the summer and, um, Harry hood to close out the set, uh, all started out with a set your soul free and a lonely trip. So really special show. Absolutely loved it. Felt big, big feelings in the venue. And it's, it's, it's held up for me, uh, ever since. I love that show. I listened to that show a bunch too. It's, it's really incredible show. It, uh, it flows, man. It flows. Mm -hmm. Um, before we move on to fall really quick, one word. What is your jam of the summer? Jonathan. My mouse was far away from the unmute button. I apologize. Uh, it's, (laughs) I already told you it's the, it's the shoreline, uh, it's the Shoreline show. It's the uh, uh, Soul Planet, whatever that forty-some-minute majestic thing that they dropped on uh, uh, out in Mountain View. I mean, it. Sorry, that's more than one word, but I love it. I love it a, a majestic lot. Majestic thing. I like it. Megan, what is your jam <laughs> of the summer? It's definitely the Hershey's Haley's. That's just how I like my jams. It's like dancey throughout cool effects from Trey. They lead out of that by some just sublime playing by Paige into these beautiful peaks. And then it just drops softly into Lonely Trip. Just perfect. RJ? Um, I am, I'm just going to, there's too many and I, I feel very put on the spot by this question. <laughs> um, I wish we would add a document or, or something. I had a I do now. too. Somebody should have made one. <laughs> if only somebody gonna, had made notes. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just right now say that the Atlantic City tweezer Friday night um just because it was such a fun time and the the tweezer in the bathtub gin that night was just so much fun but that I think that was I think that was the most fun moment of of the summer tour for me so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to choose that I love all these picks. Uh, I could have choos- chosen all these picks as well. I'm going to go with the Deer Creek Blazon. I'm convinced that there's a moment about 16 minutes in where they're just like composing a song midway through. And I think it is the peak of summer tour. Trey just hits this like high note chord. He like goes up an octave and it just sends like vibrations through my entire being every time I hear it. I love it. Love it so much. Um So summer tour was great. I think we all agree. Summer tour was a lot of fun and it was really what we needed. Um, We're going to talk here about fall tour as well as kind of look ahead to MSG. Before we do that, um, I am going to, uh, this is an improvisational band that we were talking about. So I'm going to improvise here really quickly. (laughs) And we're going to talk a bit about some of our sponsors here, just to remind you all of who is making this show happen. Um, RJ, I'm going to throw it to you to uh let us know about our sponsor once again here midway through the show i will i will do that gladly um so we want to tell you again about shift genuine cannabis based and sold in colorado um they sell flour and pre-rolls and cartridges and concentrates and um i have a pen from from them that i don't know how it made it from colorado to my home in pennsylvania but somehow it did and i'm very glad that it did because it's it's wonderful um shiftcannabis.com check them out and if you're in colorado definitely definitely seek them out um brian jonathan and i and a bunch of other people got to hang out with them for for a day at their ranch outside of uh telluride and it was it was phenomenal they're really good people they love they love fish and they would love for you to um check out shift 
Shift is good. Shift is very good. Um, I want to tell you about uh, Section 119 once again. Uh, they are a presenting sponsor for this show. We Right now, they are running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off at Section 119 here for the holidays. Just go ahead, visit section119.com to check them out. Uh, you can utilize the promo code HFPOD. That will uh, get you 30% off on all purchases for the holidays. I am wearing, as I said at the top of the show, a hoodie from Section 119. It has very quickly become my favorite hoodie. It is so warm. It is so comfy. It's got that great thing where it like kind of hugs you. It feels like you're like wearing a hug, but it's like not too heavy. I don't know. It's just it's perfect for this time of year when it's like randomly 75 degrees outside in Denver and then 35 degrees at night. And it's just the only jacket I need right now. I love it. Um, and then we have one more to tell you about RJ. Yeah, I just want to say my I really do have my hoodie right here, the same one Brian's wearing. But before the show started, we thought it might be a little strange for us both to be wearing it. So I'll be wearing mine next time we talk because it's going to be right here. Um, <laughs> so we, we have another awesome sponsor, Sunset Lake CBD. They've been a supporter of ours for a while, and they're a farmer-owned business based in Vermont. They were a dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's until 2018 when they decided to start growing hemp for CBD. They have great great CBD gummies, uh, pre-rolls, flour, CBD coffee, which I think Jonathan and Brian, I think you guys have had the CBD coffee. It's really interesting and, and really good. And I haven't had the coffee, I think but I, I have great. to have right oh, here. You I have it right it there. On the regular, actually. What do you use it for, if I, if you don't mind me asking? I put it on my hands, my arthritic hands. And how does it, how does it work? I, it, seems to kind of work it mellows them out when they're getting a little getting a little achy getting a little stiff because the man can finger pick after he puts that on just like (laughs) (laughs) um well there you heard the testimonial right here from from jonathan um they have salves and tinctures and all kinds of other stuff um if you go to sunsetlakecbd.com use the promo code hfpod you can get 20 percent off your purchase and thanks sunset lake for supporting what we do here and uh for appreciating our fish content that we produce what is a city without its music The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Thanks, people who are listening, watching. Um, send us comments, and we will we will acknowledge them and maybe answer questions if you have questions. Absolutely. All right. So transitioning here, we talked about summer. We talked about where fish is at in 2021. We're going to talk about a tour, a very special tour, a tour that I don't know if any of us saw coming or expected to come. And I don't know about you all. I still haven't fully wrapped my head around, but we're going to try to at this point in time. 
And then it's fish fall 2021. Um, I think the best way to do this, let's talk quickly about our favorite shows of 2021 or fall 2021 and use that as a jumping off point. Um, I can't remember who I started with last time. So I apologize. I'm going to throw it to you, Megan, though, since you had such a great answer the last time. What was your favorite show of fall 2021 this year? I would have to say Vegas night one, the number show. I just feel like if there was any show that I wanted to be at, it was that show. The opening 30 minutes are just fire, pure dance party madness. I love 2001, and that version is so awesome. Into 1999, it's just like super fun. And I think just so, like, I was listening to um, it in a car and listening to the crowd just absolutely roar throughout both of those songs it just felt like such an incredible vibe to be there I was really sad I wasn't there um I think the segues are so good in the show and they're just willing to take almost any song out for a ride like just type two jamming on every song it's just like yep this song we're gonna take this for a ride too yep this one too the second set seven below so incredible the debut of if six was nine I think Every song in that second set is so well played and the jams are awesome. And the encore, I think it's just totally perfection. I think that it's one of those like perfectly executed gag shows. It's almost like offensive to call it a gag show because it's, it's just not a gag. It's very serious, right? serious fish business. Yeah. yeah. There's also bust outs, you know, there's a debut like, and it's also just super fun. I think that this was the show that I wish that I was at. Yeah, you know, I, I was there and I will say that it was um I, I was saying to somebody in the elevator afterwards that they they could have played just a regular show, just any old regular show, roughly at the the kind of level they had been playing the entire tour, and we would have all been thrilled. And the fact that they played mm-hmm. at that high level but made it a themed show really did kind of like I mean blew my mind. It was it, it was everything you described. Yeah, I yes, it was like that. It was so great, <laughs> so great. I'm glad you were there. I remember <laughs> me too. I remember too. kind of sitting on my couch and like being freaked out by how good it was. Right, like it takes a lot. Like I was kind of just like, how this has to be way too intense for some people that are there. And I th- <laughs> like, I think you nail it though. Like it's a it's a gag show, but it's not. Like it's it's a fish joke that's totally serious and I don't know, just works on such a immense level. I love it. Uh, RJ, what was your favorite show of fall? Um, well, I was going to, I won't steal yours, Brian, cause I know what yours is, but I, but I, I will say that probably the one that you're going to say is, is up there, but the, the second night of Vegas for me was kind of a perfect show. I mean, did I steal yours, Jonathan? Yes, but that's all right. I have other things to say. It turns out, it will, I'm turns sure. out we both loved that amazing fish show. Weird. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Jonathan, what did you love about it? No, I want to hear what you loved about it first. <laughs> so I could say different things. I think that to me, the the <laughs> the Olivia's pool axilla part two opener, I mean that that axilla twenty however many minutes was just 
kind of the peak of of everything that we've been talking about in my opinion that that could like you said make that anything could go anywhere and there was just once it kept going on it was clear that it was not going to stop for a long time and it was just so impressive and then the second set with a tweezer sort of anchor in there which is you know to me the best the best way for a fish show to to happen um it was just it was just phenomenal i loved it and i will say the the ending of set two when they went back into tweezer into sigma oasis and then into walk away was just an amazing way to end and so it was it was so loud in there and it was so hot and it was like so insane um and it just like the walk away closer it just kept feeling like the show was going to end and then it just kept not ending and um that's a pretty (laughs) cool way to 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 wind down a, a second set Yes, so my pick is also that night. <laughs> Surprise! Um, and they didn't yeah, play. I, and they didn't play possum. They they didn't play possum. Yeah, although that would have made it even better. Um, yeah, this show is just it's it is kind of perfect. This is the like they could have come and played any like normal show at a high level that I was talking about in the elevator the previous night. This is that show, like except maybe a little higher. Um, it's just the Axilla jam is astounding. Olivia's pool. Olivia's pool is so great to have seen. I was just thrilled to see that. That was my first Axilla part two since, uh, Philly 12, 28, 94. Um, hydrogen. I, which I, you know, they just never play for me. So, and they played a decent version of hydrogen in that Mike's groove, um, shade perfectly placed. I thought, and the I always wanted it this way that that Brian uh, correctly loves so much. It was um, it. <laughs> I I thought that was like three times longer than it really was. Actually, by the time when it was over, I was and I saw somebody tweet the set timings and the song timings. I was like, really? It's it's just it felt like it just time just stretched forever during that. I just it was so good and so fun. And then yeah, the ass handed tweezer sand tweezer transition was real nice and that walk away peaked harder than any tweezer reprise that i've seen in a long time honestly i mean it was just it was huge and uh, a lot of fun and a hell of a way to close the show and then julius tweezer reprise to you know to let us out of the freezer so that was pretty nice what a great great goddamn show i would probably be picking it if i weren't there I would probably be picking it if I weren't there, but I will acknowledge attendance bias. Um, but I mean, if you hate this show, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I also, I just want to say on a, on a personal note that uh, my friend, Sam, who is not a huge fish fan, but, um, but a fan of, of going to shows to have fun um, came to his first show since I think 95 um, or I think it was 95. Um, and he, that was his first show that he saw since since Fish 1.0. I, I saw him on the way in, but you're I, welcome. I'm sorry I didn't see him on the way out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, that show's really insane. Like Mike's is this like sneaky, incredible jam. Three songs into the show, Weekapog is great. You've got like the uh, the return to the Axela Two theme that then goes into the Hello, how are you? We hope Mm -hmm. you had a good time that like just dotted the last couple nights of, of fall tour. Uh, And the tweezer has that like eternal groove in it towards the end of it that, uh, that I absolutely love sand kind of goes back into it. It's a great show and it's crazy how 
you know, for so long in fall tour, 10 days or so, we're talking about all these shows that have happened, knowing that Vegas looms on the horizon and how the first two shows that are picked here in this segment are Vegas night one and night two. Like they just come ready to play at the end of a fall tour. Um, I'm going to go full attendance bias and I apologize, but I think I'm right here. Uh, Chula Vista. Uh, I think RJ knew I was going to answer this. My, I, the thing with this tour is like, I could have named six shows and everything I think would have been right. Like I think 10, 28 and 10, 29, those are right. Uh, Eugene night two. That's right. San Francisco night one. That's right. Like there were so many just good complete shows. Uh, did they, Chula Vista, did they play though, more than six venues in the whole tour? I mean, it was like, you know, but, you're, but that doesn't negate your point. I'm actually no. backing you there. And I, yeah, I will yeah. say, I, I I looked very closely at Chula Vista and I was like, maybe. Same. <laughs> yeah. It did it. It just did like the feeling I got out of this fall tour was being disoriented by the band in the way that listening to their my favorite shows of theirs from the '90s does to me, where you don't realize that you're at a concert, you feel like you're at something that's even bigger than a concert. And coming out and opening up with Fluffhead, going into a jam, everybody knew when I see you was coming. I was joking with the people around me before the show started that, like, of course Trey is cheeky enough and cheesy enough to string and i see you throughout the entire show we thought it'd be kind of this lame like oh ha 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 here's an i see you again but like they turned it into jams throughout the entire show like it created a jam out of free it created a 17 minute and i see you um the piper that comes towards the tail end of set two when i was figuring okay we're just going to kind of get some songs here and like the band has done some jams Songs have been played in weird places. And then we get this dive into Hades and this like 2.0 inspired Piper that standing where I was, it felt as though the lights were just going to completely fall on us and trap us there forever. And I was okay with it because it was such a good show. (laughs) And then I got sense and subtle sounds with the intro for the first time since my second show ever or my third show ever. It was just, it was crazy. It, uh, it was, it was an amazing show, but, um, I think to all of our points, there were just a, an embarrassment of riches and highlights throughout the entire tour. It was good stuff. Brian, can I, can I ask Megan a question real quick? You probably were going to go here. So I'm sorry for cutting you off if you were, but Jonathan and Brian and I have been able to talk about Halloween, um, a few different times. What, what, can you give us your summary of, of your take on the Halloween show? Yeah, sure. I mean, I was totally blown away by the whole theme of the night and I thought it was super interesting. I feel like the songs definitely, I'm excited to see where they go. I thought they had some really good moments and some, some grooves. I think it's hard when you're listening back. Like I didn't listen live to it. I listened to it the next day. And I couldn't sit down for, oh, you have one show off, Jonathan, like showing his comic book. Not fair. Um, I have younger kids. I can't get away on Halloween. I just can't do it yet. But anyway, um, I couldn't sit down and listen to it, you know, for four hours or whatever. So I had to listen to it in kind of fits and starts. And I just felt like it was hard to kind of get a good kind of feeling about it. But I really liked some of the songs. And I also feel like, I was listening back actually to the Casbah Vax recently. And I was thinking like, 
those songs sound a lot different now. And I think that these songs are going to evolve. And I was also really grateful after I heard it because I felt like that was the reason why we had such an unbelievable summer and fall tour. I feel like that inspired them in a way that was endless. And I think that that is, you know, when the band is inspired creatively, when they're creating things and having fun, we all get to benefit from that. And I think that that, that set looked like a lot of fun for them and that you could tell they had fun making it, that album. So I was, I was excited about it and I need to listen to it some more. Honestly, I haven't really spent a lot of time listening to it. It's a lot of music, but um, yeah, it was cool to listen back to. Honestly, I, feel the I, same way, I, need, I need to go back to it uh, yeah. again because mm-hmm. I, I listened to it right after I, I was there. I listened to it right after a couple of times, you know, once immediately and then once right before we did something and we did a podcast, I guess. And uh, and then I, I haven't been back because of just, as we said at the top of this thing, just getting to other things, you know, and listening to other stuff for a minute, catching catching my breath, cleansing my palate. But um, yeah might be time it's a really interesting set in the sense that like i I went back and listened to it again about a week ago and i i felt very similar to the first time i heard it where you hear hints of summer and fall jams scattered throughout those Mm -hmm. songs and it just feels both self self self-referential to their larger career but also to like where they are sonically right now and i'm really curious as we move into MSG, Mexico, and whatever 2022 has in store for us, how these songs impact them. Because they feel like, you know, we've we've heard a lot of new songs debuted through Halloween performances over the last decade. But a lot of those have felt as though they were kind of a deliberate next step forward to the band. Like they were a different type of songwriting to the way that they were playing. Where this, to my ear at least, sounds so informed by the way the band has just been playing. And that I don't think we've heard since the late 90s, where they're writing songs off of the way that they're improvising in front of all of us. And so we're kind of hearing jams inform songwriting, which may inform jams. And it'll be it'll be really interesting to see hear how that goes forward. Well, you know, uh Sci-Fi Soldier was the sequel to Cosmo Vox. I'm thinking that now they're going to continue with this self-referential trend and the next big thing will be the sequel to Big Boat. That's what I'm looking for. This is this right. is an interesting prediction. Me, you know, cool. I wouldn't I wouldn't Come be on. surprised if the lyrics <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the lyrics change over time. Like I guess mm. that's one thing. I mean, I think the the songs Brian and I talked about it the next morning. I couldn't remember any of the songs just cuz like the songs were at, the, at that moment to me, secondary to the whole experience, you know, there, it was definitely mm-hmm. like, it was less, there were fewer memorable songs than the Casva Vox set immediately after, you know, like that, that one was like, you were, you know, everyone was just like, and there was screaming. a lot of songs. Yeah. There's a lot, like a lot of songs. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like we were walking around the next day, just yelling. This is what space smells like, you know, there, there's like. There, there's more refinement to do there with the songs, I think. That's one of the main takeaways. But also just the byproduct of what it gave us before that it even happened is, to me, like the main, the, my main takeaway still, you know, like you guys have all mentioned. Pretty wild. It, they definitely felt like a part of a piece. I think, to your point, like we walked around after 
Caswell Vox and we heard uh, like we are come to outlive our brains. Like that's an earworm song. I, I don't, none of these songs to me struck me as like, it'll be interesting to hear them in isolated situations and how they impact jams. Mm-hmm. Are they going to come out of jams? Are they going to try to lead off a second set with them? I can't imagine a lot of these songs just being like, here is knuckle bone broth Avenue fourth song in the first set. You know, like it just, it doesn't have that vibe, but we'll, we'll see. They're going to open new year's with the howling. How about that? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Into that. Um, all right. I have two more questions for all of you before we go. And I want to, before we go, I want to thank all of our listeners out here who have hung with us. We're going to be back here on Thursday uh, at the same time, 3 PM Eastern, but um, really quick, we did this for summer. RJ, you can go first this time. I think you may have gone first the last time, but I don't know. Uh, what was your favorite jam of fall 2021? Um, the, the, the Axola, I think from the, from the 29th, just just the the fact that it came out of this song that um i had never seen before and that you know is like a for for people who care about that kind of thing it was definitely a big deal and i i don't and i didn't even realize that i hadn't seen it before until after and i was like oh yeah that makes sense because whatever um but just the jam out of it is just it's fun it's exploratory and totally unexpected and i think that's that kind of is the is the peak experience for me that's the point Jonathan, what do you got? Um, well, I have the same thing, but I will take um because I mean it was my show. It was, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I will take a moment and shout out the Pebbles and Marbles from uh, Santa Barbara, the 19 plus minute Pebbles and Marbles as being a uh, an honorary mention. Um, we could have a very long list of honorary mentions, though. So I'll spare everybody that. Megan, what do you got? I like the 1020 Eugene Ruby Waves. I just think Fishman is like really driving the pace just incredibly. Trey's playing so beautifully over it. They have this pretty big build and then it gets like really quiet and then starts to build up again really quickly into this like really good rock and roll vibe. And it ends up in this like crazy funky soup that's just like dance party goodness. And I just think the last six minutes of that jam are so fun. And I was actually listening to it in the car and I hadn't downloaded it for offline listening from Live Fish. So I had to listen to it on re-listen. And so I was hearing the crowd noise and it was Mm. awesome. People were just going crazy, like, you know, erupting at all these different moments and, and peaks. And it was just, I thought it was a really, really awesome jam and nice landing in the lonely trip again. The lonely trip landing landing pad. It's a, it's a good place to be. I. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because this tour, you know, I, I live in Denver, so it was late for me to stream a lot of these shows, but it was much easier for for me than you all on the East Coast here. That's like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. So there were a lot of shows where, like, there were moments that I was watching and just being like, I can't wait until the rest of the fish fan base hears this tomorrow and freaks out over this and that was one of those moments where i was just sitting on my couch watching it and like 16 17 minutes in fishman's playing almost nothing but like everything at the same time i don't know i don't even know how to describe what was going on with his drums and uh and i absolutely love that that was actually gonna be my pick uh you took it from me so i'll I'll note this for for the next episode but i'm gonna go with (laughs) the only other uh the only jam of this tour and I think the only jam I've ever seen that literally reduced me to tears. And that was the Carini from San Francisco. Um, they come out for an encore. 
after playing an incredible show uh and they play Karini, and the place just loses it immediately because it's Karini in the encore. Everybody's thinking of the Island Tour in 1230-97. And then somehow they turn it into one of the most heroic and just emotional building peaks of a jams I've, I've ever heard. And I just have an image in my head of like just deep, deep red lights. And, you know, like late in the show when Kuroda has like the lights just like kind of stringing together and they look like they're just like dangling. There's smoke everywhere. And Trey's just like playing the wah. And the whole place is just like got this one chord reverberating through it. And so I love that. It was, that was everything. Um, It's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. Um, (laughs) All right. Last question before we go. And this is, I, I saved the tough question for last. RJ, I'm going to go to you because you keep saying this. So I'm going to put you in the spot once again. <laughs> Is fish better than ever? I mean, I have to say yes, because I've already said that yes a few times. So yes, <laughs> I, agree with my, I agree with my previous self. Yeah, I mean, this it's, it's outrageous. I mean, it's, I don't know. I spend the last couple of weeks um, going back to, 97 fish because you know like when when november 16th rolls around and november 17th and like we have to listen to those shows i mean those that tour is just it's incredible um so now that i went back and listened to all of those fall 97 shows i'm not as positive about my opinion as i was before i went back and to them <laughs> since last year but um i will i will say i will say yes megan so I'm of two minds of this. I think that it's hard to say that a band is ever as good as when they're kind of striving, right? Like that ambition and drive and hunger when a band is trying to prove themselves is just, it's its hard to match that. But just like it's hard to kind of objectively analyze a fish show that you're at, I think being in where we are right now, I feel like it's the best they've ever been. And in the mid nineties, you know, I was totally obsessed with fish. I traveled the world to see them. I was obsessed with them. It's all I listened to, but I was also like a 19 year old who was making poor life choices. So I was also (laughs) meshed in like lots of personal drama. And I feel like I wasn't able to like listen the way that I am now. And I think that now I'm listening like so intently and I just feel they're playing at a level they've they're just never phoning anything in and they're so present. And I think that thinking back to what was going on with them personally in the nineties, creatively, they were incredible and they were playing with such fire, but now they're really maturely playing in a way that is, I think just incredible. The, the risks they're taking creatively, the joy that they feel, I think the connection with their fan base, I think is so strong. I think the beacon jams kind of broke that fourth wall between the audience and the band. And I think that has enabled a dialogue that's even richer than it ever was before. And I think that the fans' abilities to connect with each other through social media and just these kinds of podcasts is just makes this universe so rich. And um, I, I just think it's, it's hard to match that too. So I'm split. I love that. It's a good answer. It's a really good answer. Jonathan, what do you got? That is a good answer for a non-answer. Come on, commit, commit. <laughs> okay, yes, they're better than ever. Yes, 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 yes. yes guys. We're breaking news here. We're Stand breaking news Jonathan. here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, well, that being said, uh, I don't really believe 
in ranking bands, particularly against themselves or other bands or any of that. I think though, talk about committing to an answer. Yeah, hell, you just wait. Um, I think though that um, <laughs> slow build fish has uh, fish. I mean, they, they're they're different people, right? this point they're mature they're not striving like they used to i think that's a very good point to raise and in the 90s they were you know when when megan and i first saw fish back in the day uh, they were um <laughs> they were like hungry they were just attaining you know arenas and large amphitheaters and getting bigger arenas and their every tour was bigger step forward and they were and every show i saw was better than the last Every show I saw was better than the last. And it kept going like that for a few years. And then and then I took a break because I had a kid. And then I came back and it was just different, but they had definitely continued growing. And and they continued doing that quite a bit. Right to the end of 1.0. And uh 2.0, they were a different band. Lots of reasons why. Different people being one of them, different lives, different motivations different problems they were a different band time off again 3.0 they come back and they want to be the band that they were and they tried i think to be the band that they were as opposed to the band that they you know they the band that they want tried to be the band they used to be as opposed to the band that they actually were for a while i think they've broken out of that and i think that here we have fish 4.0 is the best point oh since 1.0. They are playing at at a peak. They are playing every show is as good or better than the last show. Every tour it builds on the previous one. They are really hitting a new stride. And where while there may be less of the hunger, uh, less of the striving to attain, instead they're they're more mature. They know that they don't need to grow as a band and get bigger uh, venues. They don't want to be playing stadiums. What they want to do is be better at what they're doing and who they are and improve and expand what they're doing and who they are musically and personally. And, and that I believe is what we're reaping the benefit of you know, the new toys that come in as they develop new music and develop the Halloween thing, you know, well, that's, we're not just going to play that for Halloween, right? And Paige is like, hell no, I'm playing this thing all freaking week. And Fishman's <laughs> like, I'm hitting this sample in Arkansas. Don't, nobody will know why, you know, and like, here we go, you know, it, they, and, and they are having, from all I can tell, they're having fun. I, I, I think that I've heard it said in recent years that sometimes people think that Mike doesn't look like he's having fun on stage. I thought it looked like he was having fun on stage. Um, I, I can't speak for any of them really, other than Trey, who just kind of like exudes that energy. I think we can genuinely tell that Trey is having a good time. Fishman's pouring his ass into those drumsticks and, uh, and Paige's kicking ass too. They're all four just killing it. And, uh, so yeah, uh, that's since 1.0 is where I stand. I just want to say quickly, it's a really good point about striving. Like that's a, that's a good, it is a good point and something that is important to take the context of. So thanks for saying that, Megan, that was, that was a good, really good point and kind of refutes my whole thing. And now I want to 
maybe rethink it for the next episode. <laughs> but I joined you. I'm on your team now. So yeah, yeah. So we come on, you can't go back. <laughs> All right, I won't. I won't. But it, it's, it's true though. Bands you you hear it in all kinds of bands, not just jam bands. You know, they're when they're young and hungry and you know their first few albums and you know they're literally scraping to eat and play as many shows as possible they're they're playing with a very different energy than when they are 20 years later a legacy act it's just but fish has found a way to mitigate that on we if you will yeah yeah i love i think everything you guys have said has been really insightful and and me putting a gotcha question here at the end has completely come back and slapped me in the face with you guys giving incredibly earnest <laughs> answers that uh, have fueled excellent discussion. So thank you. I think I'll, I'll try to keep it like my perspective is always that of, I feel like the eternal noob, even though this is like the longest cultural object that I've like been invested in. And, and I spend so much time just like thinking about this band, but I got in this band in 2001, my entire view of the nineties and of 1.0 was always, of the past and of this era that everybody told me. And even when I would listen, we're never going to hear that again. We're never going to hear that again. I've been an eternal believer. The fish could have put down their instruments on 123195, walked off, retired, you know, like a lot of bands from the nineties. And we'd still be talking about them today because there was so much music to talk about. But, um, you know, Jonathan, your point, and I won't, go back through like your march through their career since then, but it's all very accurate. It's very true. Like they grew as people like 1995 Trey was 31 years old. Um, I am, you know, years past being 31 now, like I'm looking back at that period in my life and like knowing who I was then I'm a very different person now. And the idea of being in a band and this creative project where you have kids and you have challenges and life goes along the way that always made 2.0 early 3.0 and the challenges associated with those periods really fascinating for me. And I think what we get out of the band now, you know, you can make this argument that they could have broken up after 1995 and everything like they're still a historical massive act, but the idea that they had it in them to continue searching after all this darkness, after all this unknown, how do we not just get back to where we were, but like create something new out of what inspired us and what drove us. And the fact that they're 26 years on from that period and they were able to play the kind of shows that they played this year and incorporate new songs and old songs and new styles of jamming and new elements of creativity in a way that feels a bit wiser it feels like they're all in a very healthy place. It feels like they're all really, really focused on being in the present. That is all something that was not fully associated with fish during that peak period in the nineties. And I'm not denigrating any of that. All of that was like, you know, piss and vinegar of your youth that just like drives you at that point. And like you were saying, Megan, like the hunger, can we do this once? Can this happen? But there is something about, um, you know, the back half of your career, if you will, trying to climb that mountain again as a different person that is just utterly fascinating to me. So, you know, you put on a December 95 show that to me is the greatest band that has ever existed on the face of the planet. The 26th anniversary of the Hershey Mike's into week is tomorrow. 
It is a jam that I listen to every year on that date and only on that date because that shit like, rules your face. I just want to oh, say it out loud. Ooh, man. <laughs> but like I was there. That band, I don't know. <laughs> Had to wait that, that band as a as an older band that is searching for you know, it's like you were saying, Megan, the the middle part of that Ruby Waves from Eugene. The sounds that they are able to play with now are just the sounds of a band that is aged and grown together. And um, I don't know. I wouldn't ask for anything different from where we are here in 2021. It's a pretty special thing. Kind of like the pandemic made them hungry again, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's a little bit like certainly Trey, right? We know that Trey was like dying to get out again and you could see that. So maybe that's kind of reinvented that sense of like deep desire and longing and and hunger. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, gratitude serving a similar purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're just happy to be out there. Gratitude can be very powerful when you (laughs) truly feel it and exude it. It can, it can. And I'm grateful for the last hour and change that that I I spent with all of you. This was great. I think we should do this again. Um, (laughs) Hey, that's a crazy idea. Let's do it. (laughs) We are. So what we're going to do, we'll be back here on Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We are going to start our kind of series. We've now, we've assessed 2021. We know where we are. You're already here. Uh, You're already there or here. I don't know exactly at this point, but we're going to step back in time and we're going to talk about December fish history. And we're going to focus specifically on three months of, of, uh, of, of December fish, December 95, 97 and 99. So all of you listening out there and all of our hosts here on this screen, we should be listening to some December 95 in the next 48 hours. I have thoughts. I have opinions. I think you all have thoughts and opinions. Someone may bring bad reviews. I don't know who it would be, but um, we are going to, uh, we're going to talk about December fish and it should be a lot of fun. It's a great month. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, Megan, thank you for, joining us on this journey as you can tell it's always incredibly smooth and well planned and goes off without a hitch every time i love <laughs> hanging out with you guys we will love you come back you on thursday um i'll think about it no i'm just kidding of course <laughs> amazing all right well before we go we have uh just to remind you all that we are presented by shift genuine cannabis uh shift genuine cannabis is based and sold here in the beautiful state of Colorado. And as a non-native to the state of Colorado, I'm just going to invite you all here. Just come on. We've got a lot of land. We've got a lot of ski lifts to, to work on. Taxes are super low. So just come here. We can start to incorporate a higher tax system into building better roads and providing better schools. Come on, just join me here. And also there's Shift Genuine Cannabis. They sell pop, flour, pre-rolls, cartridges and concentrates they have an amazing scientist on site that rj uh, had an incredible conversation with back in july um <laughs> please visit shift genuine shift cannabis.com to learn more and we are also presented by section 119 and as brian already said they're running their biggest promo ever you can get up to 30 percent off for the holidays so go to section119.com, use the promo code HFPOD. You can buy gifts for your wife, your husband, your dad, yourself. your mom, your brother, yourself, your podcast co-host, um, the CEO of, of your favorite media company, 
um, your favorite new co-host of the Helping Friendly Podcast. You know, there, there's a lot of people that you can buy things for. So go to section119.com, use the promo code HFPOD, and fill out their survey after you check out and tell them we sent you there so that, uh, so that they like us even more than they do now. Awesome. Well, thank you all, RJ, Jonathan, Megan. This was a total joy. Thank you, everyone, for hanging with us here on this Tuesday. We'll see you here, same time. Same place, different day, but we'll see you here on Thursday. Thanks, Tom. Wait. Thank you. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.